0: Pray with me. Please be seated. God, you are good. Um, Sometimes we want to put parameters around your goodness. We want to say, Lord, you're only good if you do what I want. If you want my life to go my way, if you make my life go my way, then you are good. But God, you are good. When things are going my way and when things are not, When I look back in my life again and again, Lord, I see the common thread of your goodness in the highest highs and in the lowest lows. Thank you, God, that when the night is closing in, you are holding on. You have us. May we settle into that truth today, Lord. We pray, Lord, and thank you for your love and your forgiveness and your grace. Whatever we've come into this room with today, Lord, whatever weight and burden, sin, mistakes, failures, fears, Lord, may we have the courage to lay them down at your feet and receive your unconditional grace and love in Jesus Christ. May we receive forgiveness, freedom, a clean slate. Thank you, God, You are good. Lord, I pray today as we think about community and the place where we are reminded of this goodness, as we come together to worship, as we come together in smaller groups to study, I pray, Lord, today as we talk about those things that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching that my very frail and broken and human words might, by the power of your Holy Spirit become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray it with great confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this portion of our It Is Well With My Soul Fall series centers around the 12th chapter of Romans, a chapter that is all about the centrality of the communal life for Christians. We're going to walk through the chapter over the coming weeks. Last week, Kim King started us off incredibly well with the first five verses, She shared about how crucial community is in our spiritual lives. She said if we want our minds to be renewed and to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, if we want to be able to test and approve what God's will is, community is the place that Scripture says that will happen. This week, as we look at verses 3 to 8, our focus is on how God uses Christian community to help us better know ourselves. (laughs) When we take time to really consider it, it's difficult to fully know ourselves. For some of us, I don't know about you, it took me a while to realize how little of myself that I knew. Um, But we've all been around people that are blissfully unaware of things, aren't we? Yeah, you know, blind spots, those traits, those blind spots can have a dramatic impact on the others around them, like the person that talks too loud or who only seems to think or talk of themselves. And then there's the blindness we have regarding our giftedness. As you can imagine, in our discipleship, God is very interested in freeing us from blind spots so that we can be a better witness to Christ and what he has accomplished within us. The gifts, the spiritual gifts that God gives us, sometimes we're not aware of them. So how do we come to better know ourselves david brooks shares this piece of advice he says the worst advice you can give to people trying to find themselves is to look within a man with few friends is only half developed randolph Bourne observed there are whole sides of his nature which are locked up and have never been expressed he cannot unlock them himself he cannot even discover them friends alone can stimulate him and open them In today's passage, Paul is challenging us to unlock those unknown parts of ourselves. Regarding our weaknesses, he points out, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. If and when we decide to tackle our blind spots, it's tempting to rely only upon ourselves because in our hyper-individualized culture, relying on others is difficult. Yet, as David Brooks points out, looking within leaves leaves ourselves only half developed. Brian Rosner frames the process in this way. The cruel irony is that while it's never been more important to know who we are, it's rarely been more difficult. Anxiety, depression, narcissism, anger, and resentment are all on the rise. And happiness, by any measure, is actually in decline. While we cannot lay all the blame for this on looking only inward to find yourself, it would hardly be surprising for such a self-focused approach to personal identity to produce selves that are self-deceived, self-absorbed, and self-centered. If we eschew the temptation to rely only upon ourselves, which community will we trust to reveal who we really are? In today's meritocracy, our workplace has taken center stage in defining us. We are literally what we do. Generally, in the corporate world, we're only as valuable as we are productive. Some corporations literally rank every employee in numerical order, publicly accessible for everyone to see and compare their relative value. It's telling, isn't it? It says something, and sometimes we just don't want to see it, but it's important to see the limitations of what the world out there can do in helping us truly know our uh, inherent value, right, who we are as people. Of course, there also are social circles we run in, the parenting community we connect with, and the neighborhoods in which we live. There's all kinds of places we may choose, communities to define us. But Paul is saying that as tempting as these communities are, the world's story cannot reveal our true selves. Rather, the only place we fully come to know ourselves is in Christian community. Why? Because the Christian community's power is found in the fact that we all acknowledge we are sinners and we're saved by grace. What that does is it sets a foundation, right, that allows us to honestly look at ourselves and each other. And when we see the brokenness in others, we, we should, <laughs> we should be really hesitant to judge because we are aware of our own sin and brokenness in our life. God's story proclaims that who we are begins with whose we are. That because of the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are fully known and fully loved And have been adopted into God's kingdom family. That is who we are. We belong to God. That is the foundation of our life. And we need to be reminded of this regularly. The world, I don't know about you, but I can walk out of this room and by the second stoplight I can have lost everything that I gained, right? (laughs) This is the key function of our weekly worship. It's one of the reasons we gather regularly, right? Each week, as we gather to worship corporately as the body of Christ, whose we are is the most fundamental thing we are called to remember. Today, in our worship of God, we've reminded ourselves again and again that the who and the characteristics of the God we worship, right? That God is love. That he is a firm foundation, right? We we hear these words and we're reminded, right, as we sing them, of, oh yeah, this is the foundational truth in my life. This is what my creator, through Jesus Christ, thinks of me. As we worship God, we open our hearts to receive once again God's unconditional love founded upon the grace of Jesus Christ. In so doing, we remember that we are children of God, citizens of his kingdom family, fully known and fully loved. Russell Moore reflects on this communal experience of grace when he was growing up. He wrote this in Christianity Today. He said, Every week, with rhythm and regularity, we were reminded of who we were. Sinners Jesus loved. No matter how short I had fallen, the Lord received me, just as I am, without one plea. As Russell reminds us, no matter who you are or what you've done no matter the failures you've experienced or the sins that have overtaken you, because of the gift of God's grace right here, right now, here in worship, you can start over with a clean slate. That is the most fundamental function that happens in worship week in and week out. I hope you're taking advantage of it. I hope you're remembering that what you come in with, you don't have to leave with all you have to do is come to him confess your sin and we offer you that opportunity every sunday and receive the gift of jesus grace afresh and anew as the old hymn proclaims just as i am thou wilt receive wilt welcome pardon cleanse relieve because thy promise i believe O lamb of god i come i come And so don't miss this opportunity each week. May we engage God with the most fundamental issues of our life, right? Which is that we are not perfect. We make mistakes. And when we do, those mistakes and sins affect ourselves and they affect others. We live in. And we need to be cleansed. We need to be made new. And when we do... When we allow God to come and refresh, renew, and forgive us, it's transforming. If you don't do it for six months or a year, the weight begins to be unbearable. So we must come, we are called to come by God weekly into worship, that we may worship God and thank God and learn from God's scripture, but also that we may actively be forgiven and renewed and refreshed. And so all we gain in our corporate gatherings then, here, overflows into the smaller gatherings where we come together to better know ourselves by being known. What happens, right, in small group is as the Spirit of God is at work within us, in these groups, we begin to to have people in our lives that we trust enough to speak into our lives, I remember going on a week-long contemplative retreat that included daily small group meetings led by a spiritual director. After our first few gatherings where we had built that trust and we had prayed together, the spiritual director pointed out that much of my sharing that I was doing that week lacked vulnerability and authenticity. He said it felt more like I was packaging what was going on in my life, cleaning it up, And using it as a teaching tool for the group, rather than simply sharing my struggles. Now, I am a marketing major, so I come by that rightly. The group affirmed what he was saying. Even after being together for a short period of time, the Spirit guided them to see this growth area in my life. To which I was blind. I had no idea. It was such an eye opening thing. But here's the thing it's in that particular space that I believe things like this can happen. First, the Spirit of God is active and involved in our hearts and in our lives and guiding us. But secondly, it's the way in which this information is shared. It's shared from one sinner to another, one broken person learning and growing to another. We all have weaknesses. And that day, Christian community, the Christian community helped me face a weakness I was blind to. As Paul instructs, they helped me not to think of myself more highly than I ought, but rather to think of myself with sober judgment. And though it was difficult for me at first to accept, God used this time to reveal important growth, an, an important growth area for me. I still remember that lesson clearly 23 years later. And it has been a tremendous gift for me. Many of you comment on my vulnerability and authenticity from the pulpit. I am growing in that. I may not be fully there yet, but I, have, I think that journey really started this day, right? This is how God wants to grow us. He wants to grind off our edges, the rough edges. I know some of you don't think you have any, and that is a rough edge, by the way. Um, Laughter. We have to grind off our rough edges and learn about our weaknesses, face them with sober judgment so that God can transform them, right? That's part of the journey that we're on. But also in these smaller gatherings, it's hard to do this in a large gathering, right? You can't do it with 100 plus people here. But in these smaller gatherings, we don't only learn about our weaknesses and how they can be transformed. We also learn about our strengths, the spiritual gifts God has given us, right? Today, Paul was... Uh, We heard Jemmy read uh, Paul's list of some of the spiritual gifts. He starts that section with this. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. And so all the gifts that we have, um, spiritual or not, are given by God. They're as a result of his grace toward us. Paul states these spiritual gifts will be revealed in Christian community together. What are the spiritual gifts God gives us? Paul lists seven in Romans 12, but throughout the New Testament, other spiritual gifts are revealed as well. In our home groups, we're studying Rhythms for Life, this book, and the chapter we're studying this week uh, has a more broad list, kind of going throughout the whole New Testament, and this is what uh, that list looks like, right? So we have administration, look at all these gifts, administration, apostleship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism. Exhortation, faith, giving, healing, hospitality, intercession, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, mission, work, pastoring, prophecy, serving, helping, teaching, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, and wisdom. What I was saying today as the new members joined in the prayer, right, was that there's a set, and and these are spiritual gifts. There's other gifts we have too, right? But the gifts that those new members bring into the body of Christ, God in his mystery somehow uses their gifts to make us more like Jesus. And God uses your gifts to make us more like Jesus. The problem is some of us are unaware of some of our spiritual gifts, Right? We're, we're blind to them. We don't even understand some of what God has given us that will further his kingdom, whether it's here at St. Andrews or in our work world or at home or in our neighborhood. When we look at this list of gifts, don't miss how diverse they are. All kinds of talents are needed to fulfill this list. Some gifts are behind-the-scenes gifts, for those of you that are less extroverted, right? Administration, discernment, encouragement, faith, giving, intercession, and wisdom. While other gifts are more front and center, apostleship, evangelism, exhortation, hospitality, leadership, teaching, tongues, and healing. Regarding the gifts, Rhythms for Life, the book states this. It says... Every gift from God is good and an expression of his love. I want you to think about that. Every gift that God has given you and me is good. And it's an expression of his love. And when we all work together, uniquely expressing the treasure of our gifts and talents, God brings more beauty into the world. We all know, and I Uh, exhort us regularly to remember that as we go out into this very divided and broken world that we are right we are the front lines of healing we are the front lines of generosity and mercy and forgiveness and grace all the things our world really needs right now and that's what they're talking about here they're saying when we engage and we come together with our spiritual gifts we become something that God uses to bring more beauty to bring his kingdom into the world and so god is calling us to discover the gifts he has given each of us and how they are an expression of god's love through us one to another in the world and so let me ask you are you involved in the kind of christian community that helps you discover your spiritual gifts are you in the kind of christian community that you trust enough to help you See your weaknesses, your blind spots, so that God can begin to heal and transform them. If you're giving home groups a try, you need to commit to it for a while. You have to actually, if you visit once and leave, there, there is no test or benefit because you don't know one another well enough to get to the point that I'm talking about. It takes relationship. And what happens in those relationships, once you do come to know each other, That's when the magic, the spiritual magic happens. And so you need to come and you need to commit for six weeks or longer, right? You need to be a part of the community. And if that community, after four to six weeks, isn't a good fit, you can revisit and ask us because we would love to help you find the right community. Um, So creating space in your life, though, to do it is not easy, and we know that. What God is asking of you, what Paul is asking of you, um, is that this is basic. It's fundamental to Christian discipleship. This is what it means to grow in discipleship. For as we come to know and acknowledge our weaknesses, God can turn them into strengths. It's as we allow the body of Christ to help us understand our spiritual gifts that allows God to use them as an expression of his love for the world. This is the challenge Paul has for Christians then and now, for this is what it means to grow as a disciple of Christ. So come, come each week to corporate worship to be reminded of whose you are. And the amazing clean slate forgiveness offered to us afresh and anew every week here as we gather in Christ's name. And come, as we gather in small groups, that we may come to know ourselves in a faithful and trusted community. What is hidden inside of you, good and bad, that can be transformed by God's Spirit in community that God desires to use in your life to better the world? That's a pretty encouraging An exciting thing for me that I've been thinking about this week. I hope the same is true for you. How is God calling you further into corporate and smaller community in your life? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.